Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This can't be it. There has to be more. Wait, am I crazy? No. If you're yearning for more and working hard to make your dreams a reality, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Dreamcatchers. It's the only show committed to helping you self-actualize and then transcend, leaving you with the legacy you've always desired. Listen in on conversations with successful philanthropists, entrepreneurs, and founders every week as we connect with them for inspiration, education, and direction. Your host, Jerome Myers, is here to help you exit the matrix and transform into a leader of your own revolution. The question is, do you believe your dreams should be real? Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome. And as you know, I run around the country and look for the most interesting and exciting guests for you all. And you are in for an absolute treat today. I've got Darlene Santor with me today. She's better known as Coach Dar. And if you have not been having a good week, if you've been questioning whether or not 2023 is the year for you, I can guarantee you, if you listen to the end of this episode, you will have a different perspective on life. Coach Dar, how are you, my friend? Jerome, thanks so much for having me on. I'm already hyped up just from your intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to carry that and we're going to give all of this energy to the listeners today. So I just want to thank you for coming on. We've been trying to coordinate this for a little bit. And now that we're here, I see you got the book over your left shoulder. For those of you who aren't watching us on YouTube and you've got one in your hand, The Art of Bouncing Back, what in the world? is that what's going who names a book that come on talk to me what qualifies you to write it come on give us the goods now you know what let me just say drum this was supposed to be one chapter not a whole book it was legit was going to be one chapter but what happened over time is there was just so much material from my life from the people i help and when the publisher came to me it was like how do we get these principles, these, the way that you help people bounce back? How do we get this into some formula? And at first I was like, formula. I was like, I just do this. You know, I've been an occupational therapist, a therapist and leadership advisor and mental skills coach for 26 years. My background is in neuroscience and neuropsychology as an OT. And I help people when I started out literally overcome the most extreme odds from traumatic brain injury, spinal cord brain tumor, stroke, they were told they would never come back the same again, ever. And I literally was like, we are not taking that diagnosis. Yes, we oh will. We will set a new vision. And I was equipped, obviously, in 
with the degree that I have and the education that I have to help them overcome the most extreme odds. But I also had no idea how even spiritually I was equipped to get people to rethink this, like to literally believe that there is possibility and impossible. And as I was saying earlier, like, this is not a theme I wanted to have for my whole life. I just was helping people early on, but it became a whole theme where now 26 years later, they call me the expert in it. I was like, I didn't want to be the expert in the resilient mindset because that meant I would have to go through it myself a lot, which I did. And yeah, after all these years, this book was started in 2012. Oh my. And I had a hard time getting it going and it had many iterations. It was not this title. And then I had my, I've had three strokes and the third stroke came is either, I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019 when I was really starting to get on a, hit a stride, get things going. And then the stroke hit and I couldn't read, write, speak. I mean, it was like, I got hit with everything. And I thought, well, this is interesting. And the art of bouncing back wasn't the title then. It was something else that I was helping people reach greatness. And it quickly shifted to that because I had to do all my own rehab. And then COVID hit everyone. And that's when the publisher's like, you've been helping people for years bounce back. And now you just had to do it, Dar. There is a formula. Like people call it the Dar difference. I didn't call it that. But they're like, oh, you just were with Dar. Like we could see the difference. And I was like, really? And so there became the book, which became the nine principles to help people bounce back and give you the mental tools to handle this life, to bounce back from adversity, to know how to get back up and not just get back up, but like, let's go, let's thrive. Let's just not sit in this anymore. So tell me, are there steps? Is the give me the process. I'm totally interested at this point. Well, there's nine principles. I won't go through all of them, but I'll just say that I made them so they were like, a circle. Let me see if I can find the page while we're on. But it's literally, you know, life's not linear. You don't just start at one step. You finish at nine and hey, you're all good. Yeah. No, no, it's going to happen again. You know, we're either going into the mess, we're in the mess or just came out of the mess. So I need people to get mentally equipped. I talk about brain health, mental fitness. You can't just go to the gym and expect your cardiac health to be good in one, one month, one time, one month, like, oh, we're good. Oh, we like we know we're supposed to do this. Do we do it every day? Maybe not. But here's the thing. Same with mental fitness and mental health and working on this. You've got to work on this every day. Like before I, I was even talking to you this morning, I was already filling my mindset with fuel. For me, I was listening to stuff that fuels me up because I can't give when I don't have. So you got to stay in this. But I put this in the book where it's nine principles that go around. And the first one is embrace the suck. Oh, you know, it's like the military term. But if you go through something hard and you just got hit, the last thing you want is for me to come up to you and be like, hey, you know what? It's going to be totally fine. You might have just lost someone in your family. You might have just had a major diagnosis and I'm coming in all positive Pollyanna. I'd want the person out of my room like in 2.2 seconds. Not that I don't need that. Just at the moment that it hits, that's not that's low EQ. That's walking in going completely oblivious to the surrounding. So you have to meet people where you are and you've got to meet yourself where you are when something hits. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. So we can't move past that. What do you mean you got to meet yourself where you are? Aren't you always with yourself? 
Yeah, I wish, you know, uh, I wish I could say that we were, but people are either numbing it, they're blowing by it, or they're not dealing with it. So something hits and you don't want to deal with it, you could quickly numb it. So no, you're not really with yourself. You're not with your emotions. You're not dealing with it. You're numbing it. And when you numb it, and if you can't identify it and you can't feel it, you can't overcome it because it's now sitting somewhere in your body and it will come out at some point. And it may not come out as healthy as you want. So you have to be with it, meaning what just happened? You know, what am I dealing with right now? Let's take it out of emotion for a second. Business strategy. You're running a company. Something happens. If you're just willy-nilly about it and you're like, oh, let's move on from this. You can't get better as a company. You have to go, hold up. We either just lost a major client. We lost some business. We had a mistake and it affected our whole corporation. We've got to identify what just happened. We've got to embrace it, feel it for all it is, deal with it, create a strategy around it so we can move from it. That's what we do in business. So human form now, get back into our body. Why are we not doing that with ourselves? And guess what? When I was 25 and I went through my first stroke, I wasn't even dealing with it correctly. I only learned this through life experience and being a therapist doesn't mean I'm perfect. Because I'm human, just like everyone else. And I go through the emotions of it. And it wasn't until later, literally after I got knocked, you know, like three times, three strokes. It was like, hey, we're pro- we should probably change some things here. <laughs> but I say this because you've got to embrace it in order to deal with it. Embrace it in order to deal with it. For the people out there who are like, well, that's not positive mental attitude. What do you say to them? It's not at first. I'm a realistic optimist. And so I, people would never meet me and say Dar's negative because they, and they might say it sometimes, like one of my friends calls me Sunny D. He's like, you're just like, every time I call you, you're Sunny D. You're reframing a situation. You're like, oh, we can make it better. But I'm, when he's asking me that, it's in a situation where I could do that. But if I'm sitting next to someone that just lost someone or just got a diagnosis, I'm not coming in going, Today is going to be a new day for you. I'm going to go, hey, you know what? I hurt with you. I feel you. And I am so sorry. Like, let's just sit and let's feel this. Let's let's honor this right now. Like, what do, what's going on? Like, what are you feeling? You mad? You sad? You frustrated? What is it? Tell me. Because as soon as I can get them to talk about it and identify it, then we're in the moment. Then they know that my love is there and I care. And then I could say, Hey, listen, I feel all you feel. We're only going to be able to sit in this for so long. And then we got to move. We got to move. We got to get out of this because this is quicksand after a while. And then they start to sink and then they can't move unless somebody no. has to pull them out, right? It, no, so, it, it gets so hard sometimes. This, this is really interesting to me because a lot of people feel like they can be machines in business or in life I mean, in general. They don't mm-hmm. feel anything. You said, no, we got to go fill it. For the people who are numbing feelings, do you have any guidance for them on what numbing is doing that they might not realize it's doing? Here's the thing. I think this is also discretionary where I move through things a lot faster now than I did when I was younger. But I tend to move through things faster. And I think it's just because I could decipher where it is, how to move through it better. I mean, the business of it. However, there are still places that we could all numb when you go to, I'll get to it later. 
and you start to, so say someone goes from, they break up with someone and they're heartbroken. The next day they're on a date because they don't want to feel the pain of being alone. Not because, listen, they're not even over that person and they're looking for another person. Do you think they're looking for that other person because they want to be with them? They just want to be with someone, someone because it numbs the pain of not feeling the loss. And that's where you get the, what we call the rebound effect. And sometimes you're with someone, not because they're the best person for you, but because they were comfortable. They eased a pain for you. Drugs ease a pain for you. Alcohol will ease a pain for you. Porn could ease a pain for you. You know, people shopping, a, Social media can ease a pain for you. We could go down all the things that we know creates dopamine increase in the brain that might feel like it's easing a pain, but it's putting you in a comfort crisis. You are now getting so comfortable that it becomes a crisis for you because you're not in something that is actually helping you. It feels like it's helping you. That drug for a second, whatever that is, it's like, oh, this feels so good. And then later you're like the hangover of it. And you're like, this is awful. What the hell did I just do? You know, you, you were numbing. You were numbing. Work could numb it. You know, it's, we could go to like multiple ways on this, but numbing is when you're not dealing. And you, let me tell you, people know when they're numbing. They know when they're numbing because I want to know whatever you're dealing with, could you sit by yourself for a little bit, even a couple days and not try to put that substance, whatever it is, work, social, drugs in your body. How you feeling? Person, how you doing without connecting with just wanting to text someone so you get a text back, just posting so you get likes. Like watch what has control of your body and you'll see what is you're using to know. So I guess what you're offering to us, if we continue to go to this thing, kind of like food, right? The, yeah. All these things we're using yeah. to nourish these needs that we have. And some of them are healthier than others. And when we take them out, if we have pain from that, then we know that maybe it's not the right solution for us because we're using it to cover or mask something else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, it's it, it sounds so simple, but it's so hard. But it truly is that when you start, you know, when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, let's go back to the breakup. Like, I really want to be with this person. And, but if I'm with this other person, it distracts me for a little bit, but I don't really like that person. So now I'm like dishonoring that person and, and myself. So maybe I should call my friends. Maybe I should go over to my friend's house. That's, you know, I'm not going to be romantically involved with. And let me sit with it. Let me journal about it. Let me exercise. Let me do so, a cold plunge. Let me start doing things that are going to change my mental state for the better. That won't allow me to numb, but it actually will allow me to heal while I'm in the process of healing. So let's talk about healing because I don't think most people get that. And maybe we can lump in processing at the same time because I think they go together. What is healing actually like? How does a person know like when they got knocked down that they aren't what use what I call these behaviors to survive the situation and they just continue to do that, even though the stimulus is gone, right? The event happened. Yeah. Everybody's talking about COVID. COVID, for all intents and purposes, is over. We aren't yeah. wearing masks anymore. Like, no. COVID doesn't dictate our, I don't think it dictates our lives anymore. No, 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 no. You know, you know you're healing when the things, well, one, when triggers don't trigger you as much anymore. 
So that text message that used to come through from that person triggers you. When a certain person, what they said would hurt you. You're healing when you're coming into your own worth, your own confidence, your own self. When you're healing, if it's from loss, where when you, you know, I lost both my parents. I lost my dad just a couple months ago and I lost my mom about three years ago. And I still will obviously miss them and feel that. But there's things that I could see or hear now where rather than mourning it, I celebrate it. And I'm like, oh, you know, honestly, like my book, like there's no, the two people that would have been so excited are my parents. And I would have, did there be nothing more I'd love to get on a flight fly to Connecticut where they, I grew up and been like, look at this and sit with them. And I can't do it. And yeah, I feel that. But then I'm like, you know what? They made me, they know, they wrote this pretty much with me because I am them. But I say that because you start to shift and how you see things starts to become more light than heavy. And someone that broke my heart, when I saw them, I didn't look at them with pain or anger. I looked at them with, you know, I, I want, I want light for them. I want good for them. I might have gotten her in the process, but you get to a point where you're like, how long do you want to carry the poison of pain? Like, how long do you want to carry that? And when you could release that and you could start healing and you, you just, you're, you know what the other thing with healing is? You're, you start to focus so much on your own grass. So they always say the grass is greener where you water it. No, it's greener where you water it. The grass is greener on the other side, they say, sorry. They'll say the grass is greener on the other side. No, it's greener where you water it. So if you're watering your own grass and you're taking care of your own spirit and your soul, you show up happier. And you know when you're happier, little things don't bother you as much. You're like, oh, it's okay, whatever. But when you're pissed off, everything bothers you. Mm -hmm. You're irritated in general. Your general demeanor is just irritation. When Everything you're not taking care of yourself. Are there, fun. say that you one more time. You have to pause. You have to pause, take a breath, breathe, you know, do your, I say funny words, by the way, that's P-A-U-S-E, not P-A-W-S. <laughs> I said, there's a Connecticut in my head. I was like, there's a Connecticut coming yeah. out, right? Yeah. And so, so you're in Phoenix or yeah. in yeah. Scottsdale, general area, Scottsdale, Arizona. Are you doing anything cool out there? Are you helping any cool people out there? Well, we just had a big golf tournament, PGA, uh -huh. Waste Management. We just had the Super Bowl and we have our great Phoenix Suns and Arizona Coyotes. We have a lot of good sports teams that are here. And in my work, I get to help pro athletes and CEOs, some amazing CEOs around the world, but help them with their mindset and their mental edge so they could stay sharp to play their game or lead their company. But yeah, there's well. <laughs> Talk to me about that. That that's that's uncommon work. And so when you say their mental edge, their mindset, you know, why would somebody need to talk to somebody else about their mindset or their have a conversation to try to get an edge? And try is probably yeah. not the right word, but yeah, yeah. Here's the deal: everything we do is the brain is mindset that our brain is either going to propel us forward or pull us back based on what we fill it with. And we sometimes are our own worst enemies. And here's the other thing. Let's take it out of mindset. I, my dad had me lifting in the gym since I was eight years old. I know how to lift, but you know what? I still need a trainer. I still need someone to get on me because I might not do it with perfect form for sure. I might not do it or push myself as hard as I need to. 
I may not know what's in me that needs to come out when I'm doing it, but the trainer will. Well, with mental skills coaching, I know darn well what's inside someone and have been doing it for so long now that I know what I need to help them shift perspective-wise, gain that mental edge, believe in their confidence more, remember who they are and help them build that edge so it becomes a competitive advantage for them, not a disadvantage when they get on that court, the ice, the field or the boardroom. Like I'm the one that will come in and say like, let's reframe this, let's reset this and go again. Like you got this. And just like you need a trainer in the gym, I'm the trainer for their mind. So is there a specific process that you go through when they come in and sit down to get the repeatable results for them? There generally is. And you know what's funny is, honestly, I wrote this so that a lot of the principles and the way that I take this through is a lot of how, because this isn't just when you hit adversity. What I wrote in here is also how you build a mental foundation, like a strong house, a strong mental house. Because when I can help you build this mental house by learning your hard wiring, learning how you're created, learning how you think, learning what mental flow state is for you, learning what your gifts are. If you lose a game, if you lose a client, if something happens in business or sports and it goes away or it shifts for a little bit, it's not gone from you. It's just the circumstances shifted, but you didn't shift, okay? You don't lose your gift. You could lose your job tomorrow, okay? Sports or business, you could be treated, you could be off the team, you could be to a new team, you could have to change your role in the company, go to a new company, but no one took away your education, your knowledge, your intellect, your gifts, your hard wiring, your entrepreneurial spirit. You could have never even taken a class in your life but you have life experience that you learn from. No one's taken that away from you. No one. And when you understand that, ooh, you start to get like not a cocky confidence. It's a humble confidence going, man, this storm's going to come. But if that storm comes, it's not taking me down. That game could be bad, but I'm not bad. We could have lost that client. We'll, re- we'll rebound again. Like we are, human beings are so resilient. We are, if we allow ourselves to be key thing. I'm telling you, we are some of the most amazing beings in the world and we don't give ourselves enough credit sometimes. Why? Because we start to sit in that muck and the quicksand comes and then we can't get out because you didn't build a strong mental foundation. Mental fitness. We need mental fitness. We got to get stronger. A lot of people want to unlock their ultimate potential, but lack the strategy, support and stamina necessary to achieve their major goals. They often try to overcome these challenges by trying to do it on their own, causing frustration, fatigue, and eventually failure. We have developed a model for a center life, aka the red pill, to help them bolster their beliefs, gain clarity on their path to success, and provide accountability as they take action on their goals. When they take the red pill, they rapidly accelerate attainment of their goals and begin to experience a life of significance and impact. Want to find out more? Hop over to JeromeMyers.co. Now, let's get back to the episode. What can people do from, like, I guess, an exercise standpoint to build their mental endurance strength? I guess those are different things, right? Because you get hit a bunch of times. That's one type of strength. And then there's, well, how Mm -hmm. big of a burden can I lift mentally as well? You know, well, let me say something about how big of a burden. I watched the movie Unbreakable with the prisoner of war gentleman. He was the Olympic track medalist. 
and he ends up going into war and it's literally he's in I think it was Japan that he was over and the things he had to endure in solitary confinement and holding unbelievable weight on his shoulder for hours, mental torture, being beaten. And he endured it all. I mean, anyone just go watch the movie and you will start to go, okay, I got this. Like shift in perspective right away. Like your day of just not being able to get to work on time or there's traffic or your kids didn't get out of the house doesn't even compare to what he went through. My point is we are way more resilient than we give ourselves credit to. That's why we'll still say when you work out, when you start to feel like you can't do another rep, you still have like 40% left in your tank. You just mentally started to feel it and you're like, oh, this is good. I'm good now. No, you're not. You could go more. So these are things that start to get you mentally fit where when you start to hit that, it's like an edge. It's like an edge. You start to go, oh, this conversation's a little hard. I don't want to do it. Push through. Oh, this exercise is getting a little bit hard. Safe wise, you know, you know, you can go a little bit more in a safe and it's perspective. I don't want anyone hurting themselves, but, you know, you go a little more. When you are starting to, like when a player last night, a couple of the guys that I work with, they had to go into overtime. They have to train to put themselves in exhaustion, just like the Navy SEALs do, because the game's going to come when they're gassed, like physically gassed. Mentally, they have to go, I've trained for this. I know this. My body might feel gassed, but my mind is not gassed. We got this. We just have to get through this next, you know, however many minutes. So you have to train yourself to the point where you keep pushing to a little bit more. I mean, people ask me, how do I have the bandwidth I have to do all the things? Well, it's because I've trained for it. Like, you know, I trained, my assistant would came with me for a day. And my days when I'm going to speak to companies or people, it'll start at like 5 a.m. And it goes to sometimes almost 1 a.m. And she's like, and I have to be mentally on helping. And she goes, I'm exhausted. And she goes, you do this days in a row? I was like, well, it's like running a marathon. You have to build, like you're a newbie. This is one day of doing a 17-hour day. Like you've got to get, you've got to get in this. And then you learn how to recover in shorter periods of time. Like you just got to give me one good solid day of a good night's sleep. And then I could do a couple days like that. And then I need solid sleep again and some exercise. But mental fitness is customizable for you. Like what works for me might work different for someone else. Like I don't know, Jerome, your mental endurance level. I don't know what's going to push you out of the, the comfort zone. But if we were working together, I'd start to find that out. And I'd be like, you know, I put one of my buddies that uh, players that I work with in the cold plunge. And when we first started, two minutes feels like and it's, he wasn't even in it for one minute. And he's like, I got to get out. And his breathing is heavy. And now he could sit for literally 10 minutes. Like he looks at me, he goes, let's see if you could do it. I'm like, buddy, 10 minutes is wait. I'm not sitting in this for 10 minutes. I'm like, I know neurologically I got the results in two or three. You're go- you go, Ted. But he went from I can't even sit in this to going like, look at me. I'm in here for 10 minutes now. My point is, is he built the endurance. We all could build the endurance. Are we willing to do it? I don't know if you'll have a opinion on this. I've never, ever asked this question, but listening to that scenario brought me to this place. And so let's just see where it goes. And so do you think having ego helps with our mental endurance or our identity in a meaningful way? Or is it something that hurts us? Rather than say ego, I want to use confidence. 
because people interpret the word ego so many different ways in the world. Like ego could be a bad word to someone. Ego could be good when you're on the court. Like, where's your ego? Like, who are you? Like everyone's interpreted differently. So I'll say when you have a healthy sense of confidence, and the reason I say healthy sense is because we know if you get where it's so overconfident, cocky, you could start to make some mistakes because you might start believing so much in things that you can't do that you, it starts, you know, you start going like, I can do that. It's like, no, no, you, no, you can't do that. Like, don't do that. You can't do everything. We can't do all things. But, you know, you want to have a healthy sense of confidence. So what do I mean by that? Well, I am really not good in math. I'm, I mean, like if you have me do spreadsheets all day or accounting work, one, you're going to see me get real edgy real quick because I'm out of flow state. I'm not in my flow zone. It's not even in my gifted genius zone. Like it's, why would I do that? But if a company needed help, like, oh, Dar, can you help us with our finances? And I was like, oh yeah, I got that. I would hurt them and I would hurt myself. Like, well, I wouldn't do that. I stay in my zone. Like I've practiced, I put the hours in this so I could speak to this. And so I could walk in from the White House to the locker room to a family room. I could walk in any room and you want me to talk about this. I don't get nervous because I'm confident. And by the way, that's a healthy confidence because what if I was the surgeon working on you and you were getting heart surgery? Wouldn't you want to be like, Dar, are you one of the best? You'd want to hear, yeah, I am. I got Absolutely. you. Yeah, you yeah. Would, and you would never think, boy, she's cocky. She's an idiot. No, you'd be like, hell yeah, that's who I want. So- that's who I, I want you to be working on your craft. And I don't want you to just be like, yeah, I'm good. And you're not good because you didn't put the work in because we all affect human beings. So this is a responsibility when you start using your confidence for work. But you do want to walk in the room and you do want people to know like, hey, if I hired you, I'm working with you. Like you're one of the best because you're working on being the best. Oh, you know, I had someone coming on your team being like, you good? Well, you know, I mean, I'm all right. Like, who brought this guy on the team? no. We want to win a championship here for your life. You want to win. This also means the circle of people you surround yourself with. If you're surrounding yourself with people who do not want to get better in their life, what do you think is going to happen to you? It's contagious. Oh, well, you know, you don't want to do this today. Well, then I don't have to do it. And then all of a sudden y'all start slipping because there's no personal development. No one's growing. No one's leveling up. But you start hanging around with people who want to level up. Like I created a group of people that are optimizers. And I did it because I feel like an outlier all the time. And I'm like, am I the only person that wants to level up some days? Like, what are we doing? And so I was like, I'm surrounding myself with people who are pushing me even way beyond what I think is possible because I need that. And then we all grow together. So you definitely want to have a healthy sense of confidence. It helps people by putting the right people around you. You don't want to have low confidence. You know, one time I saw someone crying when they touched a player, like literally they touched the player and started crying. And I pulled the person aside. I said, why are you crying? They're like, I just touched so-and-so. I go, so what? Like, he's human. You're human. What Are you less than this person right now? And they're like, but it's so-and-so. And I go, well, what's your name? And she told me her name. I go, but you're so-and-so. I was like, how about he just touched you? You know, like, what are we doing here? Why are we so blowing up like someone else. I one time a player came, he didn't know I was their mental skills coach. And he's like, hey, you want my signature? I go, no, what do I want your signature for? I go, you want mine? He goes, no, I don't want yours. I go, okay, well, I like yours. I go, what am I going to do with the signature? And so 
he looks and then later he found out I was his mental skills coach. He's like, oh, okay. You didn't want the autograph? You're not a fan? No, no. I. You know what? I'm not a fan of people. I respect them. Like if you're putting in the work, I respect your hard work. Like if I talk about a player, it's not because I'm a fan of them. It's because I respect them. I'm, I really respect the hard work they put in. Like, I want people to know them because this is how they show up to the world. Am I a fan? No. Am I, a, do I follow them? Like, as far as respect, do I love them as far as their heart? Yeah. Big difference. Because I'm not losing my, the only fan I'm a fan of, I guess you could say, is for me is God. That's it. Like, that. there you go. There's no one person on this planet that I'd want to meet that I'd be like a fan of. What's interesting about what you said in the back is you said, I surround myself with optimizers and I've never heard anybody describe the folks that they deliberately spend time with as optimizers. Mm-hmm. What are the characteristics of an optimizer? How do you, you find them? Like, what, yeah. what am I looking for? Okay. There are people that literally want to grow in the areas of their life. So they want to make their relationships better. They're looking to seek to make they don't want to just go from one to another to another. They want to optimize. They want to make it the best they can because they understand that time is the greatest thing we could optimize. So if we could optimize our time by being in better relationships that allow us to be you know, flowing and thriving, that's great. If we could optimize our health so that our health works for us, so that our body is helping us, not hurting us, we're not dragging it behind. Well, we didn't optimize it. So if you could optimize your health, now your body and brain works for you, not against you. Ooh, that's good. Then you want to optimize your career. So what could you be reading, learning, courses you could be taking? What could you be doing that's going to optimize? You learned something. Now it just made you better at work. You just optimized your time. You just optimized in your career. You just leveled up again. So you optimizers are the people that are seeking to be better, best versions of themselves. They're not seeking to be better than anyone else. They're seeking to be better for themselves so they could serve the world better. Completely different. And so those are the people that I surround myself with because they're the people that want to be their best version. So they show up so they serve the world better. So they, they leave a space better than they found it. And by the way, when you're optimizing, you're generally happier. You really are. The byproduct of this is you find a lot more joy in the ride than being mad or angry or depressed. I love that. I, I, I love that word because, you know, I, one of my jobs a long time ago was in Six Sigma doing continuous improvement, process improvement oh, yeah. type stuff. Oh, right? yeah. And so we were looking for ways to make better and we were always chasing perfection. We knew we couldn't get there, but we yeah. were chasing it. Right. And that isn't what so many people are interested in in their personal lives they're they're in that prison of comfort or they're having a comfort crisis even if they're mm-hmm. unaware that that's what's going on in their world mm-hmm. so when you mentioned the comfort crisis earlier i was like hmm. mm-hmm. i haven't heard anybody describe it that way mm-hmm. i usually describe it as a prison right because it keeps you from moving it it yeah. prevents you from taking risk or getting that new experience or expanding in a meaningful way. You were talking about preparation for the game last night when they went into overtime and how some of the folks just need to turn on that switch. I find that some folks 
feel like they're imposter. They, they talk about imposter syndrome. They feel unworthy of the thing that's in front of them that they think they desire or they were able to accomplish. And now they're questioning whether or not they should be in that room or earn that salary or have exited their company. What is the difference between somebody who is like, I'm prepared for this and the person who is like, I, I don't deserve what I'm getting or what I got it. Cause that that's a mindset thing, but I'm not able to put my finger on why people would looking at the same situation would have two very different opinions about it. Let me answer that through story. So I had a player that said to me, he just got a $70 million contract and he's from a small town. And he said to me, why did I get this? And the other people not. And the people where I grew up, how come I was chosen to make it all the way to the NBA, but they weren't? Like, why me? And I said to him, why not you? Why not you? And I said, you know what? I believe he had a strong faith for him. And I said, you know what? I believe God knows you're going to use this really well. You're going to use it for good. You're going to serve others. So you got this platform and you got this money. It's a generational change for you. Do something good with it. Don't start asking why, start asking why not, what could you do with it now? Shift your mindset so that you don't feel like you're lacking something and then you've got this. You've put in all of this work to get here now where all preparation met opportunity equals that success. Preparation meets an opportunity and what looks like luck is actually just like the seizing of the moment. It's like the crescendo. It just came and you were at the right place at the right time, but you were prepared for it. So seize it, accept it. You know, people will say to me all the time, like, oh my gosh, your players make so much money. Well, TV dollars are big money. They're in a profession that pays well. Surgeons get paid well. They're in a profession that play, pays well. It, it is what it is. It's the profession that you are in and it's paying well. You can't sit there and be like, boy, I don't deserve it. You chose a profession that wants to pay you well, seize it. Do something really good with, you know, it's all in how you put the framing around it. So when I shifted his mindset to say, you were chosen for this, you literally were chosen to do this right now. So rather than sit in the why about it, seize it and do something good with it. And you literally, Jerome, could see this ship in his posture like Superman, like, well, yeah, I'm here. I might as well do something about it. Like, what am I complaining about it? Like, let me like, let's go. And he then literally started doing things in the community, pulling people together, putting things out, Twitter, calling people together, like his whole perception changed on, well, let me just seize it rather than complaining about it or doubting it because that's wasting time. And then game changer for him. Game changer. Game changer. So you're <laughs> laughing, but I, I, for me, the posture change is when you know that things are different, it really clicked. And I think so many people will try to pretend like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I don't have to show my emotions. I am just this statue. I am stoic. Stoicism is getting a lot of attention right now. Right. And I, I don't know that, I don't think many of us can actually live in that world of stoicism. I think the emotion is real and the reflection from stoicism is great, but if you don't feel the thing, as you mentioned earlier, I think it bubbles up in a very unhealthy way later on. 
Okay. We've been a lot of places in this episode. You, you've talked about three strokes. You've talked about working with the sons. You've talked about helping CEOs of companies. And you've written the book for the person who may not be able to hang out with you one-on-one. Before we started recording, you were so passionate about wanting to help more people and being able to teach others. And you talked about this 10, 11 year journey to get in this thing from concept to print. And so the art of bouncing back is out now, right? Yeah. Yes. And it is written for who? Who's the art of bouncing back written? Originally, they wanted me to write this for business leaders, but I wrote it for all. It's the people's book. It's the people's book. It's the book. That is there. You could learn. You could you could literally go to the back of the book. I don't, if you don't even want to read the whole book, you could go. You could take down the nine principles. You could read a short blurb on each of them. And you could start journaling and you will start to have the formula for how you will build a strong mental foundation. So when the hits come, you don't stay down as long and you will have the tools to know how to bounce back better. You will be better. You will start to build mental resiliency. It's just like going to the gym. Here's your training plan. Well, here's your mental training plan, but you've got to go in the gym and do the reps. You've got to work on this and you've got to work on this every day, not just someday, every day. So I wrote this for the people. I really did. This is my heart. I can't be at all place at all times. At least I've had three strokes. I got to be careful. I don't want a fourth here. But I also, writing has become a way and speaking, more importantly, of sharing a message to reach people that I can't get to because when I go sliding in on home when I'm done, I want to have reached a billion people in impact. So it's like go time. I mean, this has been going on for a long time, but it's cumulative. So if I help you and you help so many people and we collectively, we can get to that. I don't have to see all 1 billion. I'm just saying in reach that we will have affected because I want us to all rise together. And I, I know we can, we could be better and do better when we have a better mindset. So that's my goal to help people awaken their greatness. I love it. I love it. I love it. I am ordering my copy right now, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) because I want to see the nine principles. I want to see the will and I want recover. Okay. 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 All right. So I always wrap up the episode with this one question. Yes. I feel like this hot take over this hour, some people can get lost. Like, what, what, what's the thing for me? What's the thing for me? And so I want you to tell the listeners, what's the one thing you want them to take away from this episode? I think just remember, you are stronger than you could possibly think that you are, that there is nothing that could truly hold you down. Only you can. No situation or circumstance is stronger than you. I promise you that. You are way stronger than you realize. So don't give up hope. Don't give up trying again. Don't give up on believing that things can be better because they can. You have the ability to do it. Extreme ownership. Own it. Work on it. Do it. Be better. Do better. Serve better. You know, show up and lead a life that when your story is being played back, like best 30 for 30 ever on ESPN, best show ever. When they watch your 30 for 30, that they're going to go, damn, that person just inspired me to want to get back up, to want to lead, to want to live better. Kobe Bryant says greatness is not in what we accomplish, but how we live our lives that inspire someone else to want to live and be better and do better. In essence, that's what I hope what my life is like. 
And that's what I hope yours is. So keep going, keep striving and keep loving. Like this is a life worth loving and doing. So see it for what it is and then show up and let's play this game. You're the starter in your own life. So get in the game. The clock started. Ooh, this clock started and it is ticking down, ladies and gentlemen. The only thing is you don't know when it's going to hit zero. Coach Dar, you are a dream catcher, my friend. You are absolutely a dream catcher and you're helping others catch their dreams, which I think is the epitome of living a life well lived. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank and you. Sharing with our listeners. Stay and connected. For sure. I, I'm so excited to have met you and to spend time with you. So shout out to Chris for connecting us. Yes. And yes. to the listeners, your dreams should be real. We'll talk on the next episode. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.